The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to Star Wars Hangout. The best Star Wars Hangout in the galaxy. There is a great disturbance in the Force. <laughs> the Emperor has been expecting you. R2! <laughs> Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> You're gravely mistaken. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. We've got to give him more time. Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to Star Wars Hangout. Uh, we are, are back here for, this is day one of Star Wars Celebration. And uh, so we got a lot of things going on today. We're actually talking about the Mandalorian episode. We're also going to break down some of the stuff that's been happening uh, today over in London. I'm going to you know, I'm going to talk to Cameron about his his thoughts on that. Uh, Cameron N. Hansen, by the way, a great man, a, a wonderful Jedi master. If you don't know him, uh, he's a cinematographer. Uh, he does a lot. He does a lot. You do a lot of different things, but he's got, he got his website, his links down below. Cameron, how you doing, man? Doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. This is cool. I, I just... I have so, and also, if you're listening, some of you out there right now are like, "What's up with Ez's voice?" Like, <laughs> I was supposed to hang out with Cameron last week, and maybe even the week before that. I don't know. I feel like I've had to cancel on you. <laughs> Might like have two, been, <laughs> three. dude. I feel terrible. I've I've had to like cancel on you multiple times. It's all good. I had things it coming out. up. It's wild, but I w- I will say this a little a little personal update here. I told you before we started the show. I was like, it is time for me to start saying no and shutting the door to certain things because it kept us from hanging out and having that that talk about Mando last week. And I was like. All right, all right, all right. Priorities here, okay? Like, I got to keep my sanity, and by keeping my sanity, that means I got to talk about Harry Potter, I got to talk about Star Wars, I got to talk about Lord of the Rings, I got stuff I got to talk about. So uh, that was that was upsetting. But and then now this week, I mean, I totally lost my voice. I mean, I had no voice yesterday. Almost, I was down to a whisper, and I saved it. I preserved it best I could for this episode. Could have done like a could have done like a little ASMR podcast then. Oh could've my! Whisper. <laughs> I, I could have. Yeah, I, could, I actually maybe next time this one I'll do. I'll do like a, a whisper, <laughs> a whisper edition of like my re- yeah. my review and reaction to the Mando episode. So, um, but hey, so you were working this morning, and all this stuff kind of came out in London. It was, I think, it was six o'clock in the morning when they started their stream. There were five or six hours there ahead of us, I think, right in, right. in London. I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah. So that was all dropping as we woke up today. A lot of us saw like the Ahsoka trailer and we saw some of the posters and the things that are going on there. So now I know I just want to get we'll do five, ten minutes of this, then we'll jump into the to the Mando episode. But what did you think about the Ahsoka? Like was it was it a teaser reel? I guess what it is, it's not really a full trailer, right? It seemed kind of like a trailer. I don't know. Like Yeah. I mean, it was more so I think just to announce like that it's I don't know. I would say it's more of a trailer because a teaser I would feel like would be just her walking up or oh, something like right, that and like right. so I would I would consider it a trailer I Full guess trailer. Um, okay because we got a lot of you know story beats I mean they like showed us so many different characters some that we definitely know and some that are mysterious so, I mean right kind of set right. up a lot it it did and so I was um I was blown away. So the, the big things that, that kind of came out of that, you're right. It, there was a lot more said, right? There's a lot of dialogue and there was uh, some action sequences. You've got this guy, this weird, mysterious, um, I don't know if he's an ex-Jedi Sith or what he is, the the older looking guy. He's got the uh, orange lightsaber. Orange lightsabers. Like, what is up? So that looked really cool. And then he's got what I'm guessing is his apprentice, uh, Shin, I think is her name. So he's Balon and Shin. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and this all like the, the, the line that I think got everybody was, um, heir, heir to the empire. And this is, yeah. this is the Isn't Thrawn it? connection. Yep. Nuts, man. So that was, that was huge. I just, th- I just think it's crazy. Like I remember when they, when they, when they brought Thrawn back, they were going to bring him back in, um, in rebels. It was the first time that they're going to bring him into Canon and say, yeah, he was there in legends. We had all the book series, but they said, we're bringing him in to rebels. And I was like, this is wild. This is absolutely wild. It ended up being wonderful. It was great. Rebels is awesome. And now they're like live action Thrawn. It just, did you know he was going to be the main antagonist of a whole series later. I know, right? It's it's so it's so good. And, it, and they did such a good job of like taking Thrawn off the map with Rebels. I mean, the whole end of that sense. is, yeah, it makes sense that like, why wouldn't one of the Grand Admirals be there? And then now he's, he's uh, you know, he's, he's showing up here later and he's coming back and trying to reforge the empire in his own liking so yeah i mean it's just that was really cool and rosario dawson is awesome the poster looked sick absolutely sick they, they dropped a poster with her and i thought that was uh, that was really cool um what did you think about the uh i mean i guess just the the look in the the style of the the way they're shooting ahsoka i mean it looks i don't know if they're <laughs> yeah. using the volume because th- that's something they've been doing with the mandoverse i don't know if they're they didn't say if they're building sets or if they're just in the volume again doing something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're doing both. I mean, I, I would assume it seems like they started to do now that they can go on location more. They because I when they did Mando, they did like a season one anyway. I feel like they did like primarily almost all volume, if I remember right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, I feel like from what I remember, I just watched it this morning like once or twice. Um, so I feel like from what I saw, I think a lot of it might've been volume, but I feel like they did actually do locations as well, but more yeah. so probably than others. Right. Right. Yeah. It just, it looked really sharp. I mean, I, I, you know, cause I know there's, they're doing the mixture of that to get like the backgrounds and, and to help them get more done. It, it seems like a really cool tool. Um, the difference between that, like when, when they started talking about the acolyte, so this is just to kind of catch up on a few things that were said today. In the acolyte, they they don't mention the volume at all. They actually flat mm. out come out and say we did it the opposite way. So we, we went and built sets, costumes, the whole night. So it seems like it's a. I'm guessing that costs more money too. I don't know, but oh, I, I'm sure you think so. Yeah, to go out and really 
build it up and, and, and stuff. And so Ahsoka looks cool. You're probably right. There's probably a combination of different things that they're doing. But uh, yeah, it looked, it looked phenomenal. And she looks great. I don't know. I mean, this was, you saw a lot of Rebels characters in there. We saw Zeb uh, last week. Was it last week yep. or two weeks ago in, in, uh, in Mando? And then it was just last week. It was a lot. Yeah. So he looked really good. I thought he looked really good. And I thought uh, Hera, what'd you think? How, I mean, Hera Syndulla looked pretty cool. They've got Sabine, yeah. you know, her hair and stuff that looked cool. Yeah. So are we like, is the consensus that this is like picking up where Rebels kind of left off with like Ahsoka going and getting Sabine? Or is that like, Where's right. the timeline of events? Because I know that was supposed to be like a flash forward, like a lot of yeah. time had passed. Right, right, right. In the animated series. Yeah, so the epilogue, and, and Dave Filoni has come out and sort of correct, he's, he said like, when that takes place, he wasn't going to say exactly how long after Return of the Jedi that that was, because some bits are like, you know, Zeb uh, takes Agent Callus to see uh, Lyrasan, the planet, and you know, hey, we're you didn't destroy all of us. We're all, there's still some of us alive. So like, he doesn't say exactly, did all those things happen at the exact same time? Or was he just showing you like a sizzle reel of stuff that happened during the galactic civil war? But when, right. when Ahsoka shows up to get Sabine, that to me feels like that is definitely after return of the Jedi. We're not sure how long because they're kind of showing us that again. You know, it seems like we're actually going it, back and yeah, she was like wearing the same outfit. At least Ahsoka was. It looked like she was. Right. That like it kind of looked like the same. And one of the shots, if I remember right, it looked like they were just going to redo that scene in live action of like them meeting right. again, like with her like robe on and all that. So, which I think would be great. I think that if they want to redo that, that's that's totally fine because then you can because all we see is you know this in the animated version, it's just like it's time to go find Ezra. Yeah. Right. They're going to go you know, uh, often search for, cause Sabine's sort of like Ezra always trusted me to, she felt like it was to stay here to, to watch out over Lothal because they had protected it. So she stays loyally yeah. stays there and does her thing. And then it's like, right? yeah. And she's like, now it's, it's time to go. So, uh, yeah, I feel like there, there's going to be, there's a, a whole conversation that happened that we never got to hear. Cause he only showed us just a quick, like this is coming and but it was there. happening. Yeah. 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 So, so that's what this is going to be. They're going to break down that conversation and she'll probably explain what she knows about Thrawn. And like if Thrawn is back on the stage, well, we know Ezra and Thrawn left together. We know that they that he took him off the chessboard. So that either means Ezra didn't make it or he's out there or whatever. And we know we saw it. We saw in the trailer. There's like a little hollow image of uh, of Ezra. Bridges. Yeah, I saw that. That's how I'm like, I thought yeah. I saw something on Twitter about like people like, oh, we got Ezra in there. And I was just like, yeah. Did we? And I was like, oh, that was him. I thought yeah. they meant like we got like he's confirmed going to be in it. But now I'm kind of like, maybe he's not like like you said, he could be dead. I feel like right. Right. I feel like that's going to be something that they would save to like the end of the season to like as yeah. a reveal or something. They're going to like hold that out until the very last minute, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because that that hollow doesn't really mean anything could have been recorded uh, prior to it could be some information they got from Thrawn. It's just, uh, it, yeah, we don't know if it's like he, he's communicating with them or he sent out a transmit, you know, so it's still going to be a mystery as to like where he is, where they're going to find him because in the dialogue in that uh, trailer was sort of like one of the droids even says, maybe it's time to begin again. Mm -hmm. And Ahsoka sort of talking about the Jedi order and it, it receding and going away and there's not many Jedi left. Well, there is a Jedi out there if we can find him. You know, if, if and some people, Cameron, my God, they were they were talking about the possibility that we could even get flashbacks, a live action Kanan, 
We actually That'd could cool. get just a flashback, you know, like or or even just his voice speaking out through the forest to Ezra or Ahsoka or whoever. And I was like, I swear to you, I will be in tears if they do anything with Kanan. Like, didn't the actor who plays him, uh, what is, what is his name? Fred, Fred, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say that he was like not interested at all in coming back to voice him like ever again? Like, unless really? it's like, he said that he said he didn't like the idea. I saw an interview. It might have been an older one. <clears throat> yeah. But I saw something recently on TikTok where he was talking to somebody through an interview, like on a podcast where he was talking about how he doesn't even think Kanan should be a force ghost. Like he yeah. doesn't think he should be able to talk through the force anyway, but he didn't right. like the idea when they he, did it in the rise of Skywalker. He was like very reluctant to even do it, like say yes to it. But right, Dave Filoni right. supposedly said that he should do it. And then so he's like, all right, fine, whatever. If Dave says it's cool, then I'll do it. Right. Right. Yeah. He's very uh, so, uh, opinionated about Star Wars, actually. Yeah. And he's had really strong opinions about what works and what the story is and trying to get people to understand what they're doing. Cause I think rebels really captures a, a great arc, a great story, a, a hero yeah. journey. And he's, he's, you're very protective of that. You don't want to just be bringing him back just to kind of use his voice for whatever. He's like, there's got to be a really good reason. There has to be a way in which that like works in universe, yeah. because if it doesn't work, then I'm not going to just do it just to get clicks or, or whatever. So Dave's got to be involved and has to kind of say, yeah, like, you know, this is, um, Here's the reason. <laughs> Here's the reason we right. need you to come in and, and do your thing. So, yeah. I got one question. This might be a sidebar. Yeah, it's fine. But it's something that I want to ask you because I don't know if I've gotten it or if there's ever even been a definite answer of this. But, like, you know how Ezra saves Ahsoka from dying to Darth Vader and um, he pulls her through, um, you know, the oh, yeah. little portal to the world between worlds or whatever? Oh, yeah. Um is there ever a time where Dave or anybody has ever said, cause I know there's theories out there about like how Soka was supposed to die. And then that's why she wasn't in anything else like going forward for the original trilogy. Right. And then like how, when he did that, he Ezra kind of messed with time in that way. And that that's how she ends up living. And that's why she can use it and stuff like that. And she's so elusive and all that. Yeah. But <clears throat> is yeah. there like, Oh, I, I would love to if they I don't know part of me is like is it going to do the Avengers effect where it's like we're messing with multiverses and stuff and it gets kind of confusing or yeah. would it be cool and like an interesting retcon to be like yeah she did technically die there but Ezra messed it up and like saved her life and then now she's this is like a split alternate reality that's honestly in all honesty yeah. I thought that's how they were going to retcon like some of the stuff people didn't like in the sequel trilogy in the sequels yeah yeah i yeah. thought that's and, i thought that was their scapegoat out like saying like you know they could still do a lot of the same stuff but saying like oh yeah this is like an alternate timeline where ahsoka lived and now she's kind of like the main protagonist of like the i don't know of, but, of, the, of the sequels and stuff yeah. yeah no i know exactly what you're saying and i i i have wondered to myself like what they were going to do with the world between worlds because that's a big deal if you look at the graphic and you look at all the stuff in the trailer behind her um, it's got the same sort of shape and setup, you know, these these orbs with stuff around them. They're all connect, like lines connecting. It looks like just in the posters and stuff and the, where they're fighting, where she's fighting Balon. It's in some simulation. There's there's weird graphics going on behind them that looks like the world between worlds. It's not, but it, 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 it reminds you of it. So because the big rumor is, is that she's going to be going and seeing a flash. We're going to see an alternate 
reality, sort of. Like, mm. her possibly fighting Anakin Skywalker. That's the big thing, is that she's going to be, build... like, the Loki of Star Wars. Like, Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's strange, and it's got to be very carefully done if they do anything with it, because it can really mess stuff up. Like, that was the whole point, is, is when she was in the world... So, in Rebels, Ezra goes in, and he sees her and just reacts pulls her out it, and before so this has always been tricky like before he does that she is she doesn't make it i'm think i'm pre- pretty sure she doesn't make it right so right it's well implied, we see we I, it's implied that she before we know that ezra can get there right he you know we just see all we see is like them escape but then she like gets blown up presumably so right, like right like you yeah know. There's a there's a confusing scene where you might see her drifting and walking down the stairs of this, um, that, like I don't even know I can't remember if when, if that was added in later or something. But the idea is she goes right back. So when Ezra pulls her out and saves her, she goes right back at the exact same point that he she was pulled out moments later. So it's like okay she's up here fighting Vader. He pulls her out and then she reenters down here away from the scene and Vader gets away and then she gets away at the exact same moment. Mm. That's the way I understood it, and so d- now did she go back in to the world between worlds? Is she a guardian of that? Because when she shows up with the staff, like the Gandalf staff and stuff, yeah, she looks like she is there, like she rules that realm possibly. And to see Palpatine Pal- in that episode, Palpatine was trying to get into that world, and mm-hmm. the Sith sort of magic, like to to acquire that and make big changes. I feel like that you might need someone to guard those portals or make sure that you're that you're good. So. Regardless, um, that was a moment that, like, yeah, it's really tough because then Ezra wants to save Kanan, but like Kanan, Kanan's whole purpose—that's like an like unchangeable moment where he did this to save all of them. Therefore, yeah. Ezra can save her. You know, it's all these chain reactions. So, I don't have a good I answer heard, to that. To, I heard know. that they're gonna redo the Vader, Ahsoka fight that we saw in Rebels. There, that whole. I, so I wonder if yeah. maybe they'll, they'll redo that whole thing in live action. Oh, and, I get you. And then, yeah. And then, like, show us what happens exactly. You know, like, maybe delve right. into that a little bit more. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I wonder yeah, they, how far her time travel abilities kind of could go. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you know, we, we're, like, we're, we're down the line and all of a sudden, like, you know, Ray is building up the new Jedi Temple and all of a sudden Aunt Ahsoka pops out of the, the portal and she's oh, there my. talking to people. Like, I wonder oh, how my. much she can technically do you know like because it seems like she could come and go as she if she wanted to um yeah kind of yeah. opens up the floodgates of all this different sorts of stuff that she could be in well I mean, so she could be in a prequel thing if you really like a far off prequel thing if you really wanted her to be right if that's the case i guess we don't know the limits well i was wondering you know like so when she goes in there, we hear, I'm sorry, when Ezra first goes into the world between worlds, he hears all these voices. He hears all these different things where it's sort of like he's hearing Ray, he's hearing Kylo Ren, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. So it is sort of a, there's, there's, they're outside of time and space. So what did she go see? And has she gone in there to figure out a, a path for, I mean, that's almost too much power, right? It's almost like yeah. so much power that you wonder what they're going to do. And I guess this leads me into something because you were saying, "Hey, where does this go with the um, with like the future of Star Wars, or would it be something that they were going to kind of retcon or or change some stuff or alter some things in the sequels because of of what happened there?" And then the big news today was that when they when they walked out in the beginning of the, uh, um, the first panel, they brought out the new directors, 
they showed their timeline for all the new movies that were coming and they brought up the, the, the director flashed up the the signal that said new jedi order and they brought out daisy ridley and i was like yeah oh i did see that little bit yeah my gosh i so that to me because had they not have done that i thought i would still be thinking like okay they're gonna do something with the mandoverse with grogu with ahsoka and ezra they're gonna kind of maybe thread a needle here and, and and do some things that create another story that's sort of happening in another part of the galaxy or i don't i wasn't really sure just more star wars can sometimes help star wars I know a lot of people think sometimes that it can also hurt it, just depending on you know wh- what it is. But uh, yeah, I know they're they have to be. They're thinking about the future timeline, and clearly now they're bringing Ray back, and they're going to do a new Jedi Order, which I actually it does make me feel better that Daisy Ridley is like actually involved because I know yeah. for a while she was very much like hurt by all of like yeah you know feeling cheated by the fact that there wasn't like a grand plan the whole time. So I'd yeah. like to think. That by her coming back, she was like, show me the plan (laughs) before Mm -hmm, I say mm yes. It was either show me the plan before I say yes or, wow, that's a giant stack of money. So it could have been either one of those or, but I'd like to think that maybe she was just like in shock by like that they actually had something. Because like, you know, you see those interviews, especially after they were all released with her and Mark Hamill and stuff. And she was very much like well that was a thing i did i never want to do that again and then now she's back for another potential trilogy so it's kind of like i would like to think that they showed her something that she liked and that's why she's back yeah me too man because i i've always thought that the only way to move forward and get people past this whole like you know daisy ridley just read the lines that they she just acted she just did an awesome job she was just a good character i love her as a person i think she remember when she was doing all those jedi training videos on instagram and then like was getting this this hate and then people you know i don't know like people were not liking what happened in rise of skywalker maybe it was the last jedi and she then just had to bounce from social media i'm like are you kidding me this is like the future of star wars and she's she's such a good role model and such a good cool person that i just was blown away that that had this effect on her. I I hated that because it's it's like I when you look at the Force Awakens, I love all the characters that they start with. I, I actually think mm-hmm. like Finn is great. They did Finn a great dis- disservice, which he's <laughs> they did him dirty, <laughs> dude. They he spoke he has spoken about that and and he was like, I ain't coming back unless something you know. What are we gonna do here? Make this cool. Make these characters epic. You know, don't just put them in there to put them in there. Like that's crazy. I also wouldn't want fan service either. I wouldn't want it to be like. And now Finn's a Jedi too. And then they turn to the camera and wink. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, like they need their know. own arc. They need to, they need developed, you know, right. like they need struggle. They need the, all the, all the good things that happen in rebels that happen in, in the original trilogy and, and the, the prequels and stuff. So it just, they know they film. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of star Wars and I know most of us here are like, we we're, you're not, you're here because you like star Wars, but mm-hmm. it's, they're allowed to, you know, it sucks that it was the sequels that got fumbled a little bit. That there was a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a, what do you, how do you, how do you put it? I mean, they just they didn't have a plan. There wasn't but like a there wasn't a, a Kevin plan. Feige in charge to yeah. give a master plan, which right. I feel like it's it came from a good place of like we want to trust these new directors, not new. I mean, J.J. Abrams yeah. has been directing stuff for years, but like new directors to Star Wars to like have their own story. But right, I mean, it's right. been said a billion times, so I, I don't feel the need to like delve into that. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as like, you know, like there was no cohesion. There wasn't like, you know, you can say all you want about J.J. Abrams about how he like set up the series and then kind of dipped 
with like yeah. no explanation, which is fair, but like, yeah. At the same well, time, like mm. he did make he did like you said set up a lot of cool stuff that could have really been elaborated on, right? If there right. was like an actual through line for a reason, a but. through line, yeah, yeah. And and they've realized it though. You know, they've said, okay, look, we at the end the studio got much more involved because they're like, oh crap, you know, like yeah. we're realizing we don't really these the, like the cohesion and and the the communication or just the the ideas or what the page that they all were supposed to be on was not the same. And so right. that's where I feel like they came in and tried to do the best that they could uh, with, with stuff, bringing Palpatine back and all, all that craziness. What they can do, you know, to fix it, I think is to create an awesome Mandoverse moving forward. You're going to have to explain too, though, right? Like what happens to, because Dave Filoni's movie is, is announced as well, which was like, he's going to do a final movie for all of the Mando stuff, like as it builds and as oh. they go that direction. Yeah, that was, he, he got confirmed today. He is doing a final movie for the Mando verse. Whatever that I is. I saw that, but I didn't know like when that was going to be in the timeline, I guess. Cause yeah. I saw that he was doing a Mando, a Mando thing, like a, a send off for the whole thing, but I didn't know that that was like, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. And we don't know if that's coming soon or if that's coming later. It's just sort of like, that's our plan. You think it's going to wrap you know, up like Ahsoka and I wonder if like all of these shows that are through this time period, this is going to be like the finale for everything. It could be. Um, it's it seems like they want to tie tie this together to give us enough leads to where it's like, OK, you've got books and novels and you, you kind of know what's happening with Luke Skywalker. And because that's the other thing you got to tell us more about Luke Skywalker. I feel like there's I would love for him to be a main character in that final movie where it's like, yeah. give the give the people what they want, like a good. I feel like a lot of people would not be as angry about the sequels if we just gave Luke one more awesome send off before yes. all of this crap started happening. Right, right. He, you yeah, know, like he, get young Kylo Ren in there, like get a young Kylo Ren actor and Luke are involved in this in the, yeah. in the war against Thrawn. And then like, yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I mean, th that's so like the coolest part about the ri Rise of Skywalker is Ben Solo's comeback. And I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for like when I see him, Adam Driver, I'm like, let's go go this guy's a jedi like like here we go but we don't really get to see all it just it's so short it's so short-lived i would love to see more ben solo early on luke skywalker's got to have his moment he's got to be master master skywalker he's got to right. and he feels like that when he came into to the mandalorian season two he shows up and he's but just he doesn't owned. have a temple yet or anything right. you know it's just like he's just still riding solo exactly but. yep yeah we'll have to get to the point where yeah he's got to guys get his students and he's got to get rolling we got to give him something to do I want to see that, and I want to see Cal Kestis in there. I want to see mm, mm. so many things that they could. They got to be bold, Cameron. Yeah. They've got to be bold. Like you've got to. You're doing a lot of really good stuff here with Andor, Bad Batch, uh, Cal Kestis. Uh, they, the Obi Wan Kenobi series opened up the idea that there is a path. Right? There's a path where Jedi younglings are being, you know, taken care of. They are moving them off the map, away from Palpatine and his clutches. So right. this group of Jedi younglings, they have set up in Obi-Wan. If they're bold about it, they would run that group over to Luke and let him find them and start to train them or, or something. Like, I don't know. Right. There's so many Jedi that are still left that they... Like, Cal Kestis could literally be that character who takes over that group. You might and, see in the new game. Like, maybe that right. is a pop point in the game where he's, right. like, helping be Like, you just... We don't... I guess we don't really know that much about... The, they're very hush hush about the story points of the game so i mean yeah yeah i have a feeling it's gonna be some stuff to do with cloning but we'll see but um yeah true i think they're true. really leaning from bad batch i think they're really leaning into like trying to fix the whole cloning weirdness from yeah Palpatine and stuff so that's yeah, that's are. a case where more star wars kind of makes 
Star Wars better, I feel like, like explaining yeah. it and justifying it. But Right. They, they got to show like a real, like a, a big agenda for him in terms of starting that clear back with Omega and, and you know, they've shown Mount Tantus, which is, Mount Tantus is the first time referenced in the Thrawn trilogy. You know, Mount Tantus is the first time you see it. It's it's in it's in uh, it's in Thrawn. And it's all about the cloning facility and everything there. So there's some connection and some some lore to that. So I felt all right. That's that's good. We're, we we it seems like we have a seems like both sides of this are talking. Like Dave Filoni's actively working in Bad Batch and he's working in the Mandoverse, which makes you feel good because he's in both trying to find a way through. And I then, just want him to be in charge of it all. Honestly, me too. Me, me too. I, I I need this man to get promoted just to like the head man yeah. of like at least just like the person that they entrust with like the through line, like yeah. Dave, you're the, you're the closest thing we got to George these days. Like just tell us where it's going. And he just goes, it's going here. And then like, let's, right. just, let's just get it. Yeah. Well, and the reason I think I, I love how John Favreau has treated him and the other directors is they've come up to the Mandalorian. And he said like, he's got all the experience. He's, he's got experience working with Marvel and he's really good at telling stories and just setting this, this up. And he's got people like like Dave who are super knowledgeable about Star Wars. That's a perfect union. And like, if you look at the behind the scenes thing, there's a, a situation where they did the first, like the making of uh, Mandalorian season one or two. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy is sitting there, and people don't want to give her credit for this, but they absolutely should. She literally said, "I she didn't want there to be." She knew Dave and how much he knew in Star Wars and what he was he had done with Rebels and all all of his connection with. Uh, with, with George Lucas, how much the Star Wars fandom trust him, a great creative that she knows in terms of John Favreau, and she put them together. I'm like, and said, I want you guys to work together, sit down, start talking, and instantly, you know, they already were friends and knew each other and stuff a little bit from the Clone Wars, but still, it was nice to have. She's she's in charge. She is still right. in charge, and she is saying, hey, sit down, let's do this. So that was really has been, you know, I mean, it's resulted in what we're going to talk about today, which is a, a inter- an interesting episode, by the way. We're going to be talking about The Mandalorian. Um, oh, my God. So, in just a couple more thoughts on uh, Star Wars Celebration here, and we're going to dive right into it. But, like, I, that that was, the Ray announcement was huge. If you guys got thoughts on, on Ray, send me your emails, transmissions, whatever, because I am excited about that. I want to do a standalone episode and video on that later. And um, I think we're going to get something for the Acolyte tomorrow. I think they're going to show us actually a trailer for that tomorrow. So, you know, oh, we'll, we'll be talking about that. That's and the then, one I've been most intrigued about, I think. Like, curious oh. about just like, what does it mean? Like, obviously, it's like a Sith Acolyte sort of deal. But like, yeah, interesting. Let me tell you today. I'm going to tell you. So they brought a lot of people on um, on on to like interview. All of them. All of the actors are are phenomenal. Everything that they've said about this, about the Acolyte, has got me really excited because it sets all of the actors to say it's emotional. It's an extremely emotional thing. I forget the guy's name. He's the guy who's in Squid Game. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. I saw him. That was like the, one of the main people that I recognized. I was like, he's he's really good himself. Like He's an emotional So I wonder who actor. he's going to play. Yeah, and he like if you watch Squid Game, which be careful, you some of you kids out there, it's definitely not something I'm recommending. But if you have, I mean, it's phenomenal. Uh, but he, the emotion he has in that, when you see him acting, I'm like, oh, they got him because he you can, gotta watch it. You gotta watch it subbed so you can get that though. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's, the true. Only, that's like the main reason I watch it subbed is so I can see his actual acting in it. And right, voice, right. That's yeah, true. True. Um, yeah, so it was. I'm excited for that. I think they're doing something. All the all the characters were like, it's so emotional. They put so much into it. They said there's a lot of action, a lot of stunts. Um, but what 
sometimes you feel like, okay, Star Wars, is it just all about the action? Is Are we going to get lost in, in the action of it? Every single one of them started with the emotional story, the human story of, of that, of that thing. And I was like, all right, this is some, this is some acolyte who maybe, um, is turned or was, we don't know. We don't know what prequel or sequel. Yeah. So it is pre, it is, uh, it's a hundred years. I think it's a hundred years. He said today, the timeline has been confusing on this because they said it's a hundred years after the highest point in the high Republic. So like, the, the furthest that the High Republic, which is that book series that's going on where mm-hmm. there's just tons of Jedi, right? Um, and I've only read a handful of those books. I got I to gotta get back on that. I'm but, like halfway through the first one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good. It is good. There's a lot of new characters and it's it's brilliant. And I love it. Uh, My only gripe is time. that when I stop listening, like listening like the audiobook, and then yeah. I give it a gap and then I go back, I like forget who everyone is because there's so many names. So many. And when so you many. can't associate a face to it, it kind of gets difficult. Right. But. Right, and they know that they've been trying to do on their on StarWars.com a series where they start to put animated, you know, uh, mm-hmm. f- figures and stuff because it, they're they're throwing a lot at you. But and they have to because it would be weird if you had only a few Jedi that you were mentioning, and it would just be kind of strange. So, but yeah, so it's a hundred years after wherever they're going to stop or wherever they're currently at in the High Republic. So, flash forward a hundred years, and I think it's still hundred years prior to Episode One, if not more. So, if if if, if anybody's you know watching or knows or if I Yoda's got that in wrong, the mix, know. you know. He's Yoda's in the mix. Oh my little, gosh! Little little Minch Yoda going around, you know. <laughs> Think of I was talking to Lottie today, and I I, I forgot about. It. So, do you think Yoda's going to be in that? Do you think Yoda's going to be in the acolyte? I mean, if it is around that time period, who knows how long? Um, you know, he's. I mean, we could see him become Grandmaster Yoda. Who knows? I mean, yeah, we could. What the we time is like? It could be like when he first. You know, maybe we see the old Grandmaster die, one of these acolytes or something, and then he gets right. a little promotion, be a proxy. Yeah. Time uh, to step up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're in charge now, big man. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be really cool but, to see him, you know. That'd be cool to see him show up and in that. It would be, because, you know, Yoda can provide a, a, a line through, essentially, right? So he can, he ties mm-hmm. us to, all the way from the sequels to the originals to the prequels, back to the acolyte. That's that's what I, it's. I think it's well, really neat. If they're Sith acolytes, I mean, and that's the road we're going down. Why doesn't it? Why couldn't it end with um, Sidious becoming a getting inducted into the? You know. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could. So we don't know. Like, like, are they going to talk more about the lineage mm-hmm. of this rule of two, or are they acolytes? Are they different than the Sith order? That's all kind of got, got to be explained. They were the every actor that came out today on the panel was very careful they were like we are being as careful as we can with what we say because uh one of the one of the jedi actors who has a padawan um daphne daphne keen is the is the jedi padawan opposite of of um amanda steinberg or whatever and so he was he was like her master and i forget his name Mm -hmm. um blanking on it but he he was like this is i gotta be very careful about what i say because he knew the most about the star wars lore and stuff and they're all like, he's the Star Wars guy. He knows the lore. And he was like, yeah, we're going to some really cool places. There's some really, really cool things that we're, you're going to know. But at the same time, he, could, he couldn't really say. He couldn't really yeah. expand upon it. I think it's even concepts in Star Wars that he's like, we're, we're going to do the thing that needs to be done. And it's we're answering some of the questions. But uh, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. The more they talked about it, I was just like, holy smokes. Normally, I don't get that from from like actors just talking to 
you know, at Star Wars Celebration. They don't say a whole right. lot, but they were really hyped about it, which which encouraged me. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's we'll great. See. Yep, I'm excited for that one. I think that one could be that one has potential to be pretty yeah, crazy, be especially crazy. since it's in a time period we don't have anything from really yet. So, yep, definitely a time where where they can have some flexibility and stuff. So. All right, my friend. Um, let's. So that's just a quick little dish on some of the Star Wars celebration stuff here. Been a crazy day. Tomorrow's gonna be even crazier. So I'll be back again doing that. Uh, you know, uh, just breaking down everything that happens. But let's talk about the most recent Mandalorian episode. I don't know what you have. You seen it once or twice, or how did you? Uh... Um, I almost got. I got like to the last. I got like right before. I watched it again right before we started recording, and um, I got to like the part where they go to go and confront the other Mandalorians, and then that's where I had to stop. Yeah, but um, so I have notes up until that point, but I have thoughts past that, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I just yeah, kind of yeah. wrote down a ton of stuff that, like, you know, little tidbits that popped into my head while I was watching it. So gotcha, and that's great. I want you to share all those. So, like, basically, I'm just going to hit the the title for this, and we're just going to hit the ground running. So this was season three, episode six, uh, chapter twenty two, guns for hire, and we've had you know really good, like. I mean, Bo-Katan, but prior to this, just to recap, is she has been accepted by the covert and she is walking the way, walking both ways. She is who can, you know, unite Mandalore. And uh, so that, that's, that's what this is about, her going out to find other Mandalorians and, and unite them. Starts off a little strange. What were your overall just impressions, I guess, of the of the episode as a whole? Like your first, you got done watching it and you were like, how did you feel? Because this has been mixed for, for a lot yeah. of people. So, yeah, um, I, you know, my first absolute first impressions without going to the Internet were like, well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I liked that. Um, but then it's like one of those things like where you sit on it for a little bit and you start to dissect it. And then you remember that we're six episodes into a season and we haven't really done all that much yet. And then you go like, oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe this fun buddy cop uh episode was a little bit of filler but right. i don't know right yeah it was so <clears throat> when i first walked away from it too I, I said the same thing i was like uh okay this is this was fun you know i, I thought it was fun you know it was really cool to see uh jack black in there lizzo uh is it lizzo lizzo, yep. lizzo? dude i didn't here's how as has got to get up on his pop culture <laughs> and all these different things i thought she was just another. I honestly have yeah. seen her, and I knew she was someone famous, but I didn't know who she was for a second. Shame on me, man. It's Shame so on me. funny that like I don't think she. I don't think she's ever acted before, at least not professionally. Okay, but it's just funny because I was just like, "What the heck?" She must like like Star Wars or something, or like yeah. they reached out to her. I have no idea how that even would have got started, but um, we also got Christopher Lloyd in there. Christopher Lloyd, that was cool. That was cool. So seeing all those people, what I first of all I was blown away when I looked at. Jack Black, I was like, "Are you? Is that actually him? Did they yeah. actually put him in Star Wars? Because that that alone was really cool." I was like, "Okay, uh, I that love seems like that someone guy. who should have been in Star Wars a long time ago." I know, I know, so so long, yeah. And he didn't play an over the. It wasn't over the top. He's quirky a little bit. It's a fun little world, you know. It's just a. They're in their own little paradise, and it's just this oasis. I feel where, like there might be more to him than meets the eye, though. Oh, I think he's coming back. I think this ain't over. I think this is, you know how like they've they've brought back this season Eliah Kane, who was this communication officer who was just over here in the background doing something. They brought back Dr. Pershing. Yeah. Um, this episode they brought back that, oh, what was his name? Uh, Woves? Woves is the Mandalorian guy who like is the leader of the Mandalorians 
Um, he takes over for for, for Bo Katan, you know, right. and, and Bo fights him. So that guy, I I thought I thought we weren't going to see those people again. They keep bringing back these actors, and I'm sort of like, now hold on, you got Jack Black in here and Lizzo. Uh, I just feel like th- this is a world now. They are like Grogu has come here and has helped these people and has developed a relationship with them. They're in Star Wars now and they can come back anytime that they like. I, I yeah. which I find funny and interesting. I don't agree totally with all the. It's gotten a little bit of not hate, but it's gotten you know reviewed. Uh, it just hasn't gotten the best best reviews. I get it because it's different. It's very different. They went and had fun with this. And I had fun. I, I think people forget they take things so serious. And it's like in this big arc, like, and like you said, they, how, everything they said today at Celebration, I'm kind of jumping around here, but like everything they said at Celebration was they cannot believe that all the stuff that they shot is in the last two episodes. They're, mm-hmm. they're like, they, they, they kind of, like, uh, Katie Sackhoff was like, I can't believe everything that we did because they don't always know maybe exa- they do know they're working with directors and I'm sure they shoot a lot of stuff that they end up cutting. Like I'm sure the, yeah. Like the, you know, I'm sure the story has extra bits in it <laughs> that they're, you know, they probably feel like they're shooting the most important stuff a lot longer than they're shooting the the fun little episodes like this. Maybe, maybe that's right. what she meant. Yeah. Like they probably yeah. spent so much time working on like the finale and, and penultimate episode that they're like, right. wow, that's the last episode. That, yeah. <laughs> it feels it could, like, yeah. Feels yeah, like yeah. we shot that for three months. I don't know. Yeah. That, that could be. Say. Well, it's it, well, at least it got me excited thinking like, okay, cool. Maybe these are going to be really long episodes. The last two are going to be jam-packed. Um, it, I guess, as far as the story, I thought they were going to drag out this whole going to the Living Waters for like a long time. I wasn't sure how fast they were going to get Din to the Living Waters, how fast they were yeah. going to get Bo. It actually almost seems to go kind of quick. It's like Bo shows up to the covert. You're accepted. This is the way. Um, you have the right to sit by the fire and take your helmet off. Nobody else does. Uh, also, by the way, now you have the right to take your helmet off and you can go lead off Mandalore. I mean, that happens pretty, pretty. Isn't it such a weird dichotomy of like some things seem to be going by and like they're getting to the, the point really quick, but then you, you're left to wonder like, okay, then what is the main goal of the season? And then we find out that it's kind of like to retake Mandalore maybe, mm-hmm. which is great. But what kind of issues are they going to, what, what is like the problem? And then we get them off Gideon stuff and it's like, are they yeah. going to answer that this season or was that a tidbit? It almost feels like the entire season so far has been a setup for a future thing in yeah, a does. way. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, because it's like a very much Dave Filoni thing where he like, because he's notorious for setting up things and then paying them off huge later, right? Like that's like the Clone Wars to a T was like, you know, these little itty bitty things that were shown or said once. Well, guess what? They're they're big deals. And then it's like, yeah. I don't I want I, maybe we'll I don't know. Maybe the season finale will come out and we'll be like, OK, well, that was that was the reason for that. But yeah. it, it feels weird in a live action sense because the episodes are like 45 minutes to an hour. And then there's only so many of them. Whereas in an animated show, there's like 20 something episodes a season. True. And so right. and they're only good, half hour. Yeah, that's a good point, because if you track even in Rebels, just like Bo-Katan's arc or even some of the different characters who come and go, it, it's interesting to see them pop in there and like, you know, you get their plot point, but then we might not see them for two to three episodes because we were back with Ezra and everybody else. And then boom, they show back up again and they've advanced their plot really fast. Um, but we've only seen them a, a handful of times. And so in live action, like you're saying, fewer episodes, fewer opportunities to, to do all that. We actually see how quickly this goes uh, in terms of her 
you know, coming back and covert and going and getting her, her crew. And then it is a giant setup for something, which this planet now, Plazier, Plazier 5, or was it 15? What is it called? I don't even know. It was, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, so we got it right here. 15, Plazier 15. Uh, I, I kind of wonder, like, they're not just, nothing is just throwaway. I feel like this is set up for something. I don't, maybe not even this season, next season, because they'll, they'll bring folks, you know, back for, for stuff. So, yeah, it gets Din and Bo-Katan working together. We see Grogu goes and has a fun time. Uh, we talk, we get some some connection back to the old droids and just we get more about. I think this episode's more about like the idea that old Imperials are being reintegrated back into society and having a role, and we're decommissioning stuff. They're really showing you the New Republic's kind of um, influence on the galaxy and how things are transitioning. That's what I, I have some plot. Like. Point, I have some notes about those those topics. So yeah, get, get, um, get, get, you want me to just go from the top because like please. it starts at the beginning of the episode. We kind of hit some of the points, so I'll skip over them. That's fine. Um, you know, I, I found it interesting that the starting from the top of the episode where they're introing the uh, the other Mandalorians going on. Um, I found it interesting that they're you know taking bounties. I feel like that's what we're used to Mandalorians doing in Star Wars. Yeah. At this point, but uh, it definitely gave me Star Trek vibes with like him sitting in the chair, kind of leaning like Captain Kirk going on. Right. Um, I thought that was pretty funny, at least <laughs> in the main chair. Um, another thing I had was that the Mon Calamari that is like the kid. He's yeah. he's voiced by Tom Holland's little brother. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. So it does sound it kind of sound like him a little bit, but supposedly he's voiced by uh, Tom Holland's little brother. I don't know his name, but that's kind of wow. funny. That's but, awesome. Kind of, kind of makes you wonder too if he's like royalty and all that. Like, yeah. Do we, do, do we get a glimpse? Maybe he like has an arc too where he's like in the Rise of Skywalker and that fleet later on in life helping out. Like maybe he's has a little turnaround where he's not just like a little kid anymore. And right, could be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, I mean, who knows? We could he could become a main character on a different show sometime. Yeah, yeah. With how they <laughs> do things. Um, I did think it was interesting how they said all it takes is a few credits for their um basically their, their undying loyalty. <laughs> um, yeah. They kind of have that line. Um, and that makes me think like, are, are they the ones that maybe helped Moff Gideon escape in a weird twist of uh, fate where Ooh. he, cause they found that little thing of Beskar. So it's like, are maybe they are the ones that helped out or maybe that's just misdirection. Um, you the dog Beskar could be for something else. Like they want us to think that maybe they did, but it turns out that it was just something else the whole time. Yeah. Um, I like that. So yeah, the new planet that they're on kind of gives cloud city vibes is another note that I have. It did. It was, it was definitely, um, <clears throat> support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. 
For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It felt because I remember when Lando, he talks about like Cloud City being away from the Empire and it's sort of this oasis. Like a paradise. It's a paradise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it definitely um, felt felt like they were trying to to, to create that. So. Yeah, I like um, that. Let's see. I thought it was interesting that Bo had Bo Katan had never even heard of this planet. Um, right. So it do, it is a, a fun little fact that like their their galaxy is so big that there are planets just out there. There are whole civilizations on planets that people just haven't heard of. And yeah. I think that's really interesting that like you know we think that it's all they're all tight knit and that there's like a galactic you know center. And they have mm. all this stuff. But then there's just planets that people are like, I didn't even know this was here. There's all these people just doing stuff on it. And it's like that kind of shows you how big their galaxy is in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. That's a good point because I think they want to, as you move forward, you, you want to explain like, why wasn't this character involved in this arc over here? Well, the galaxy's huge and they're over in the, like the Ahsoka series apparently is going to be in the beyond, not even mm-hmm. a place we've ever even been to. So yeah, it's a good point. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, thought it was interesting that the guards in the palace are wearing stormtrooper armor, but it's like redone stormtrooper armor, and mm-hmm. they just have like little frills on them and stuff like that, little color splashes. Right, right. As, as we learn that the guy, the main, you know, the whatever the ruler uh, next to Jack Black is right. ex Imperial, so it's almost like he was like, I have these guards. They they don't have a job anymore. They're just going to come with me. We got this armor here, so might as well just let them wear that, but we'll we'll dress it up for Lizzo and make her, you know, make it look so it matches the vibe of the city or something. Um, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. So wait, are you hinting that maybe he deceived her a little bit? Yeah, so are that's actually... My, my oh. next point is um, the amnesty program doesn't work. Um, yep. And we've seen that multiple times. I, this is not a new idea. I've definitely have seen this place is that the embassy program is just a complete failure altogether. And that that's how the the um, the first order will eventually rise is through all these Imperials that are just getting like basically let go through this new program. You know, they're kind of pulling a uh, um, kind of like an underground little thing going on here, kind of like the rebels did where they're all conspiring underneath as well. And it's yeah. just like the same cycle just keeps happening again. the underdog just becomes, you know, they eventually get power again because we kind of see a lot, especially like in um, the earlier episodes where we see the new Republic kind of functioning that it just isn't really working. It's very idealistic. And even though like they mean well, they're basically throwing out everything that's like actually important mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they maybe should have learned from. So they're just kind of repeating the same mistakes that right. the previous one did um right. yeah on the other end of the spectrum i mean yeah like right there <clears throat> you're, you're totally because I, I was thinking the same thing like when dr pershing shows up there's he kind of shows you all of the missteps that that are that are taking place in the 
new republic and and how people are well elia kane herself i mean we got to see firsthand like that's clearly not working she's clearly an agent in there or has her own motives and the dr pershing is not valued for his research and there is no plan or real place for him which there's when you have no purpose like what are you supposed to do you that's how you can manipulate somebody like that and get him back into your uh your plan whoever i don't even know that's a whole other thing we can talk about later because i have no idea why she did what she did or, or who Eli yeah. Kane is working for. This is crazy. But now, as you said, with uh, Jack Black's character, it's like, are they, is there, you know, are there, are there these people who are going into this, re- this um, what's it called? The amnesty program, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and coming out on the other side as agents and developing their own. Or they're like, you know, they're or? changed, but then it's like, would a changed like person that was a, I don't know. I don't exactly remember what he did in the empire, but he clearly had some sort of station that, you know, gave him this power. So then he goes and, you know, he comes back and like, what, what a more imperial thing to do than manipulate some, uh, election to get in with the, the now what could have been the queen of the civilization. And now you're like married and now you're in charge of everything. So it's like, that's very convenient that he went from the amnesty program to now ruling a planet, basically. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it just seems yeah. like a very imperial thing to have happen. So it's almost like, and you kind of get these weird little things about like, you know, him saying it's the perfect civilization and all that. And you just kind of get these weird vibes from him that like, he's not necessarily evil, but he doesn't have that. He probably manipulated his way into power in the situation. He's got his own agenda. I mean, one of the things he says is like, he's like, we'll recognize Mandalore. I don't care what I got to do here. Fix my problem. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And he's worked his way up. A very imperial idea. Like, as you said, through politics and through scheming and stuff. So, um, yeah. Although we're meant to believe... I mean, they, they pull off a very good, authentic, like, they're in love and this is all really good. But you're right. There's these cracks where it's like, there's a lot of imperial stuff here. That like, It's almost I, like the New Republic gets lost in the bureaucracy and they're doing everything right into the T and then that's kind of like their downfall is that they're letting things slip through the cracks and in the name of like being the higher power good guy in the situation. They're just like yeah. letting little they're they're you know, they're letting their morals get in the way of like actual good. And that's like a very complicated theme that we've seen throughout this whole New Republic thing is that, you know, like one way or another. It, it, it we know that it kind of leads to their demise in a way yeah. at least it allows the first order to rise up in the so in the outer rim and come come in eventually so and, and i want to just interject real, real quick because it goes along with, with your point there i've been saying this for a while i read way back when star wars came back and you wondered like what was leia's role what happened to the new republic why was why did we just we just 30 years we just jump right past the new republic and what happened they give you one book and it's called bloodlines where leia is talking about you know, centrist and, and, and populist and the different factions and like, should they have a fleet? The resistance that Leia creates is because the New Republic would not even keep their own fleet, really. They they just sort of set the their deep. Yeah. I mean, they went to this all this other end of the spectrum where in which they're nothing. They actually don't really do anything. And they want to be so different from the Empire that they just go polar opposite of everything yeah. that the Empire would have done. Right, right. So that was really, um, yeah. I just as I as I thought about that, I'm like, okay, that's starting to show us why the New Republic really is not great, and they're making a lot of, lot of mistakes. There was one more thing. Oh my God, what was that? Was that in the Ahsoka, uh, 
tra- they show Mon Mothma mm-hmm. at some point. I think that was in the Ahsoka thing, and I yeah. could be wrong, but yeah, there's there's some cracks there too, which is like this is all not working out very well. It's, well, I think it's, it, I wonder if that's like their call to action is like the New Republic's not going to be taking care of Thrawn because they don't even have anything. That, <laughs> so maybe it's like one of those things where they're like, well, we have to go and do this then because they don't have any defenses. I mean, they're just going to get wiped off the face of the planet if like Thrawn comes in with all these other these uh, if he unites all of the empire remnants of the empire and stuff like. I mean, to your yeah. point, like if they don't have an army or like a fleet or anything, then it's like maybe, you know, maybe that's why Leia ends up organizing the resistance in the first place. And then that kind of, right. you know, carries on. And obviously it's like, thank God we had this for, yeah. you know, we had it for Thrawn, but now we have it for the First Order, too. Right, right. Well, and so what, and something I want to mention. So thanks uh, here to uh, Geek Ledger who popped in here as leaving some really good comments. But like the New Republic, I, I agree with this comment, which is that they are focused on moving on from the war as fast as pa- uh, possible. And instead of taking the time and doing it right, they're just like, we got to move on, distance ourselves from that, decommission the Imperial fleet and mm-hmm. decommission our own fleet. Like they, when they said they're decommissioning the Alliance fleet, I was like, that right there tells you they're going the polar opposite. They will be defenseless. They can't even protect these outer systems who want to come in on their charter. This is not good. Independent systems will then try to rally and get power. And actually what this does, Cameron, is Mandalore is pretty daggone powerful. And so as an independent system, if the New Republic is is waning in power and they can't really do anything and people start turning to Mandalore for aid, holy, you get a new power dynamic in the galaxy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wonder how the New Republic's going to feel about. Maybe that's kind of how it ties in a little bit. If the New Republic sees that Mandalore is like coming back, and yeah. you know they're retaking it, and then flash forward a couple of years, and the next season maybe we see that they're, you know, maybe that maybe they do end up having like this little galactic civil war between you know they're busy fighting each other, meanwhile Thrawn's out here about to take over and coming right. back and. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. All right. What, what else you got? you got? I know you got some more notes Let's there. See. Yep. Um, this is great. Man, more to this episode. I honestly getting more out of this. I didn't even notice a stormtrooper, by the way. I went and clicked back through. Really. You're so right. He's standing back there and he's wearing armor and he looks yep. all, you know, it's all crazy. It's all decadent. Yeah. Um, I found it interesting that the droids, uh, like they have the plot point of the droids being such a major role in the civilization. And I feel like that's kind of commentary on like us today and being reliant on electronics and machines and stuff. Because like, yeah. A lot of times, if you know, if you think about it, if like everything got shut down today, I I don't know if we'd be able to function in, the, in a proper way. Like it's we're so reliant on so much stuff, yeah. so it is kind of like commentary on that in a way. Um, so yeah. that's thought that was interesting. No, yeah, it is because they're yeah they, they become dependent um, so much on the different you know services and things that are provided, and that's Christopher Lloyd's character, right? Is kind of uh, is having some yep. issues with that. So yeah, but um, I like that the Ugnots are back. It's kind of cool that oh, we see more of them. I have spoken. I was mm-hmm. so happy to hear I have spoken. That actually kind of made the episode for me when he yeah. stepped in and talked to them. And I was like, Quill lives on. This is awesome. He's, you know, like carrying on his story. Because I love Quill so much that I was like, to see the Ugnaughts here, to see them give him respect. Because I thought they were like, at first going to make them the... Because they're doing a lot of the work, right? They're kinda like working. like the underground, like, yeah, like worker class. Like they just... In all honesty, correct me if I'm wrong, they're kind of more like, if you want to compare it to fantasy, they're kind of like dwarves in the way that they're like, you know, mm. they have 
you know, they're very, people know that like in fantasy dwarves make like the best gear and armor yeah. and stuff like that. So, but in this universe, it's like the opposite where they're making great tech and they know how to like build things. And it's like, oh, yeah. no one would ever question uh, your craftsmanship on a, like, you know, we know Quill was ever able to fix a, fix IG. I know. The, I, I, IG again, 11. So. Like he, yeah. It's so their, their reputation that was in, it was insulting the way Bo started off the conversation and they actually right. both make missteps, which is kind of cool. Like the way she approaches things is different than him. And sometimes what she does works and sometimes what he does works. And so they were figuring out where we learning. get into the buddy cop aspect of yeah. this whole thing. Yep. Yep. But um, so. yeah, so thought that was cool. I said he was coming in clutch knowing all the, the lingo and how to do it. So yes. that was a cool little payoff that like, yeah, we got, he already knew what to do. He knew what they were. He made his own mistakes with his old friend as well. And he's learned from that. Right. Um, so uh, that's good. Um, good. I also really liked the lighting on the, this is more of a film. Uh, Perfect. Note. Yeah. I liked the lighting on the the droids. I thought the CG on the droids were was really sick. Um, like the way, yeah. especially at night, the, like the lights were all reflecting off of them. I feel like in a lot of the older movies, we see them and they look kind of matte, and you don't really mm-hmm. see them reflect that much. Maybe uh, this is just from memory. Um, yeah. But I feel like on this, with all the colorful lighting in the city and like how it was kind of dark and they all look like glossy and. I don't know. It's just really cool because yeah. I'm pretty sure they were all CG. Maybe they had like a physical reference um, for them standing there. Oh, but other gotcha. than that, like other than that, they seem to be CG. Yeah, for that's the a most good part, point. But. That's good. I'm looking at them right now, like the battle droids and, and different mm-hmm. things. And then, yeah, for sure. And I know. So you're right. Those probably are. Maybe some of those are CG. Or maybe they have some some stand ins or whatever. Cause also when they're walking. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's there's got to be a combination of, of real ones, though, because once they get to that uh, droid bar. Like a lot of those are those yeah. that's beautiful. That whole, I mean, I, I think the, there and, the dead battle, a super battle droid was probably real when he was just laying there. That was probably real. And then I feel like the, like you said, the droid bar was probably mostly real, if not all. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. I was yeah, waiting for them to say, we don't serve your kind. Like when they walk <laughs> in, I was like, they're going to say, Hey, sorry, we don't serve your kind here. And they, they right. you know, didn't quite go that far. I feel like they wanted to, but yeah. One of my biggest notes was this whole episode feels like a video game side quest. Um, yeah. And how I was hoping that I hope that it leads to like a bigger picture thing. Um, obviously, maybe we get some closure on Din's obsession with killing droids and like his hatred for droids. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Other makes- than the last five minutes of the, I feel like everything other than the last like five minutes is ob- is like the last five minutes is obviously something huge, like where right. she gets the dark saber and stuff. That's obviously a big point in the show, but to somebody right. just kind of casually watching the rest of it is kind of does feel like a video game side quest where they have to do this thing in order to achieve the thing they actually want to do. Right. So. Right. You can't even get access to them unless you come do this thing for us. Right. And then you're, yeah, then you're moving through the level. Um, yeah. And the only thing that moving through this level or the side quest does is, show you more about amnesty program, show you more about like tying us back to separatist. You know, this Christopher Lloyd is, is a separatist and you then have like the new Republic and, and we've been talking this whole time about their dynamic and how they're uh, allowing things to go on or not allowing them to go on or how much they're involved or not involved. It's been, um, yeah, hit or hit, hit or miss with that. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's kind of a commentary on that. And then, then we get to, to the end, which is, I mean, I, I also too was a good dynamic between Bo and Din. I did like seeing them 
work together and have have their moments because uh, Grogu just stays with the he's queen. gone. You know, he's just <laughs> he's just helping. He's force pushing her polo uh-huh. game or whatever they were playing there. Like it's crazy. I have that they definitely had a good cop bad cop trope going on during that. Where like Mando or Din was like like you know trying to like I'm gonna pull your memory memories uh, circuit out and like oh, yeah. blah blah blah, and then she's like chill bro like what are you doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like jeez yeah. oh, i gotta be so hostile right she has right. no idea about his past either so she probably just thinks he's crazy like she doesn't i don't think she knows that like he was attacked by droids during the clone wars as a child and stuff so like she probably just thinks he's going off the handle here but we kind of know as the viewer that he has some trauma with droids and some right. mistrust um but yeah yeah big time so um Let's oh, see. I thought it was funny that they kept the uh, droid, the super battle droid, in a freezer like a cadaver. Yeah, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was good storage. I thought right. that was funny. Uh, I want to, yeah. While we're still on the droids, too, that droid bar. Um, this being Star Wars Celebration today, Cameron. If it's ever nearby, I'm taking you. I'm going to buy you a ticket, and we're going. Okay, I want to go. I'm, I'm, I want to bring a whole group of people with me. Um, Lottie and I've been talking about this, and I, I, I cannot wait to take her there but this episode reminded me when you go in that droid bar there's a part of celebration which is it's a room with just all the astromechs the the mm. droid builders have their own room their own thing you walk through this maze of just these droids that are built that could literally that are probably used on like i have an i have a feeling that if you're a droid builder and you wanted uh, maybe there's a way in which to just say hey is my droid good enough to be on the show can it do its thing can we have some droid operators in there we had some unique stuff. looking ones. So I mean, yeah. like some of those look like they could have just been like straight out of like somebody's fanfic and like they yeah. made them just on the side. Like, wouldn't it be cool if R2 was like beefed up and like, yeah. like the one like his head was off the ground and so, I don't know. I saw yeah, that was, one, but well, and sort of like remember when they did um they needed a bunch of stormtroopers very quickly mm-hmm. for Mandalorian season one. They pulled in the five oh first and said, These guys are good. We don't have to really they want to be in Star Wars and it, it was a win-win yeah so <laughs> right if you if you're a droid builder and you're like yes i want my droid in star wars i don't care what you do with it take it i mean if it gets banged up or shot it's Especially fine if it's just sitting in the background you know like if it doesn't right. even have to really work like if it works that's probably a plus but cameron like, i would i would build a droid for five years spend thousands of dollars on it let them go in there and blow it up just to see it happen and, yeah. and, and if it, as long as it made the cut i'd be like i was gonna go. say you're like they blew up my droid it didn't it's even a, make it that <laughs> would be it. horrible oh Dang it. God. At least you got to be on set. That would be cool, though. Yeah, true. Um, but I have it was Commissioner Hellgate all along, kind of like Agatha. Yeah. All along. yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know that's fun. But um, I have a longer talking point here that we can get into a little bit. That's more in depth yeah. about like where the set. I've I've seen this be a few YouTube video thumbnails and titles, but it's like um, where the separatist right all along like if you look at it from their point of view so like we talk about the corrupt republic like we were just talking about that like about how the new republic's kind of messing up and the old republic from a a point of view of a normal person in the galaxy like if you have a government of any kind where the the chancellor the somebody who was elected is just like i am now the ruler like from that person that normal person's point of view that looks very much like a corrupt government. Like, okay, they made it possible for this one dude to take over. And now we have an empire. Yeah. So if you think about it like that, I can totally see how like he felt at the time, like you can kind of see from his point of view, I have in quotes from a certain point of view, right. That like 
yeah, maybe the separatists were a better option for him than like if you knew what all this was going on, you had Count Dooku say like, I'm literally working with the guy that's about to take over the galactic government. And he's like telling people that. Right. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course, I'm going to be with the separatists. Like, why would I want to be with this government that's about to get taken over and about to do all this stuff? So um, you can kind of understand where the separatists were coming from. If you look at it from there or like people that sympathize with them. Obviously, we know from the Clone Wars that they didn't exactly have everyone's like best at heart there or anything. Yeah. But yeah. You can see, like, if you look at it from that specific point, you can see how somebody could be tempted to be like, I want to go with them. I don't want to go with the Republic anymore. Like, why would I do that? Like, from the Jedi's point of view, I mean, like, if you hear that the Jedi are just out killing people and that they're, like, basically the the army of the Republic and that yeah. they're corrupt, too, and they're losing their way. And then you hear about, you know, all these things going on at the Jedi Temple. So it's kind of, you know. Well, one of the interesting things, yeah, about the Separatists is, like, <clears throat> let's say they want to separate and they want to create their own system. It was basically sort of like, no, no, no. I mean, it, it, there was no way in which you could do that. Like legally, right. like, no, we're like that. We're going to fight to keep that control. And that is the sort of weird thing. And when you think of like, I don't know, international relationships or politics or whatever, if some countries just sort of are a portion of a country sort of like, kind of want to be your own thing. Uh, and and we, we want to be recognized as this sovereign group, and that the group who controls those resources and those systems is sort of like absolutely not. You start to go, oh, that's really what that's talking about, and there's reasons why too. Like in the Clone Wars, Dave Filoni, they go over some of the reasons why the separatists have good points about mm -hmm. stuff, and you're like, okay, kind of, you know. There's big debates that happen, um, like the I forget what the guy's name is, but different senators who interact with other senators or, you know, separatists, and and they talk about that. The politics gets pretty complex. So yeah, it was that we, was we we know that, I mean, I guess I don't know for sure, but we know that eventually the separatist gets commandeered by Palpatine. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't really matter whatever the main goal at the beginning was. You know, maybe he's this was the opportunity. He's like these people are trying to separate. Let me just bounce over there is my other persona and then i can also be over here so you know i mean maybe that's just my own little epiphany there but it's just like it makes sense that he maybe it was an opportunistic thing like he was scheming all along but then he was like this could this could work like let me just back both parties here and then regardless of what happens i kind of win so right yeah good point yeah, that's a good one. I, I I was neat that they brought up the separatist situation because they're trying to talk about like, okay, the Empire's gone, New Republic's here. What about the separatist? What about the Jedi? With these different factions, these big ruling factions, and now you got Mandalore, who during mm -hmm. the who during the Clone Wars and during the um you know like the, the, the rise of the Empire, they were an independent system. They were doing their own thing. They were like, no, we're not a part of this. But yet, the Republic wants them to kind of help pull more systems in. So they're the next biggest political group or faction that is that has a lot of power and so i kind of keep forgetting because they're so fractured and divided but you're like wait a second mandalore was a big deal in the clone wars and so it's a nice tie back to to that i guess so yeah yeah um one of my other things here i just thought it was funny that hellgate is getting sent to a, a moon called paraquat paraquat yeah i just thought that was funny yeah, yeah. funny word yeah, it is. Um, I, I didn't know if I'm, I've yet to go do all the Easter eggs. And I'm like, I'm sure there's some reason for like the naming of some of these things. Right. Uh, I thought that was, I'm like, was that just like one of those names? Like we got to name it something. I don't know. We're never going to go there. It's just a silly little moon. So why not just call it a funny name? Yeah. I don't know. But um, 
And then yep. the domes, another thing that kind of stuck out to me, this is the last minute one where uh, the domes of that city very much resemble the domes on Mandalore. So it's kind of like the same kind of looking planet. Obviously, the Mandalorian one was giant and metal and not clear and glass and stuff like that. But um, it is funny that they went to a planet that very much resembles what Mandalore was like at one point where, you know, it's just domes. And then the outside of the city is like, you know, just nature and stuff. But then they have these giant cities that are domed in. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, it was it was um, they do that a lot. So when in Rebels, I remember when I was showing Lottie, like you would go from planet to planet and you would see these like everything had sort of a nice it's not what you think, like, because you go to Coruscant and the whole freaking planet is is like a one big city and it's just overwhelming mm-hmm. and everywhere you look, it's crazy. But when you go to these different, like, like Lothal has its central capital city and it's a lot of them are dome-like or they have um, some big feature that stands out and stuff. Yes, yeah, so that was really cool too. And, and Mandalore definitely has that um, going for it. So, yeah, it's cool. It's good. The last note that I have on here before I had to stop was yeah. that I thought it was cool that Grogu got a little knighthood. And I'm oh. like, is that like a teasing of like a Jedi knighthood or is that like kind of like just a parallel of like he's not a Jedi knight, but he is a knight now. It's like, right. Maybe right. maybe in the future we'll see him getting knighted as a Jedi knight. Oh, but. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the future. I mean, Grogu is the future. And so I always think when I see these episodes, I'm like, I'm seeing I'm seeing Grogu uh, go out and experience all these different individuals. So when we get, you know, 10 years from now. Grogu's grown up and he's two, three hundred years old and we're well beyond the Ray series and Grogu's still out there doing his thing. We can recall back all of these old memories and times and I just feel like it's just, we're getting to see his childhood. He's he's growing this, up and this kid's resume is stacked. He's gonna have so much experience. He's like, Oh, I remember when this happened with me and my dad. Like Yeah, yeah. I'm not you're not gonna trick me or whatever. It's like Right. Yeah. I was on Blazier fifteen and even I, though I, he can't I know talk, what's up. like even though he can't talk, he, he's clearly taking in the information still. So it's cool that yes. he's like a fly on the wall for all these like their major world events, kind of like, you know, Bo-Katan getting the Darksaber. Like he he could just be like, yeah, I remember when that happened. Like now I have it or whatever ends up happening yeah. or whatever. So Right. I mean, really, that's they've been saying. So they said it today at Star Wars Celebration. They're like, um, uh, what do they call her? Mommy Mando? or something they were calling her <laughs> yeah. and i was Where like she's oh like my. The, the reluctant mother of the the group now right yeah yeah which is crazy so funny. um so. another thing i wanted to ask you about is i've been hearing things about the true wielder or the true rightful heir of the dark saber yeah and about how like it went from um you know we know maul won it fair and square yeah so we know for a fact maul won it but then the person who actually destroyed, like, killed Maul, or like not killed him, but like defeated him in combat first was Palpatine. So technically yeah. speaking, Palpatine would have been the owner of the owner. Darksaber. And then we know that Darth Vader killed him. So technically he would pass to Darth Vader. And yeah. then Darth Vader, with Darth Vader, um, since he died, his next of kin would have been Luke. So Luke is technically... If you want to, if you want to go, like obviously our characters don't know this; they don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. happened. Yeah, but like technically speaking, Luke should technically be the, the yeah, wielder of the dark saber. If you want to go by the actual rules that they set forward, right? And even like so, because it reminds you a lot of like if you with that logic and those those um, rules or whatever, it's like the Elder Wand. You know mm-hmm. who disarmed, who defeated who, and and keeping track of that really, really specifically. 
uh, yeah. is is interesting. So yeah, that that is crazy to think. I know there's been I've seen some of those theories and debates about like who does this actually belong to because it took Din really saying like, hey, I mean because of their creed or or the code here, she took up the saber when I was defeated. So yeah, um, yeah. if he's if he's Wild. gonna bounce that technicality over there, then it's like. Well, technically, it's not even. <laughs> it shouldn't even. Tech. I I like that he's like giving it to her, um, but at the same time, it's almost like my my main concern about the episode because I see that IGN gave this episode a six, which isn't very oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, out of ten, so like I feel like maybe it's in my opinion it's like a, a seven. Yeah. But um, I almost yeah. get worried that. My question is obviously it's I think we'll have a lot more answered by the end of the actual season. But my worry is, is that is our main character, Din, going to get a backseat to another Mandalorian? So it's like because we're giving the old basically what in these universe is like the ultimate weapon in this kind of timeline. We're giving it to somebody else. That's not our main character. It made sense when didn't got it because he was our main character of the series so it's like oh yeah of course our main character should have the coolest you know weapon and stuff like that and then we're realizing that you know maybe he's not leadership material he's a good second in command but he's not really leadership material so it is weird that our main character of a show isn't gonna be the main guy you know what i mean like it's almost like it's gonna be him and Bo as like a duo now instead of so it's just interesting. I I don't know if I like it or not. I definitely don't hate it. It's just different. It's very yeah yeah. I know what you're saying because it it feels like once Bo steps in, she overshadows him quite a bit, and there's a lot of just this is almost like turning into her show, and like like right. as if Grogu and and Din are sort of there along with her, watching her again, witnessing you know a lot of this and. It was first his story about how to walk the way. He has a foundling, uh, how to get that foundling back to the Jedi. And then now, oh, foundling is back with me. And now it's about like trying to redeem himself. So the redemption, his redemption arc. It's done. Uh, it's done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, that happened fast. And so then it moves quickly on to uniting Mandalore. So they're covering a lot of ground. But then I was like, yeah, where does this, um, where does they this clearly go aren't going Din? the way? Yeah, they clearly aren't going the way of he's going to unite it. At least not obviously, unless something happens where, you know, I hope this doesn't happen, but Bo dies or something like that. And like, right. Whatever, where he's like, okay, in her honor, I'm going to do this or something. Right, he just right. doesn't seem like the guy. You See, know what I mean? Like they kind of made his character like, a. I would love a reluctant hero and a reluctant leader. Cause those are always the best kind. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, he doesn't give off the vibe that he wants literally anything to do with any sort of leadership position. He's totally content with just being like a, you know, like either second in command or just like a backup person for the main leader, which is why I like he doesn't really have any ambition, because if he did, we would have seen him like try to take down the armor at some point to be like the head honcho there. Right. If he had any ambition at all. So let alone being the entire leader of a planet, like he just doesn't seem like he wants that. Right. And so if you OK, the big picture, what I'm what I'm seeing here is that Din is a a traveling sort of wandering spirit he's going to move around the galaxy i think once they unite mandalore he will have another quest i feel like he will he's the person who's going to connect us back to the ahsoka series and this other series and this different thing he's almost like this bouncing around tie three he's got some relationships with the new republic he's got some relationships with ahsoka mandalore uh the the jedi even luke a little bit 
So he seems to know a lot of people. And I kind of think Mandalore is going to be united, this this faction, that this force to be reckoned with in the galaxy, enter Thrawn, and then Ahsoka needs Din to get Mandalore to rally, to fight Thrawn. You know, but his 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 overall, like the Mandalorian has evolved into so much more that it he is playing with these bigger, he's, we're following him and he's just this lowly Mandalorian who's actually really freaking cool and walking, mm-hmm. walking the way of Mandalore and happens to have like a foundling who is Grogu, who's awesome. Uh, but the rest of them are royals. They're big, well-known Mandalorians and he's just this guy uh, making his I way. I guess it is nice. Happy. Yeah, I think it is nice. I, and now that you put it that way, it is like nice to not always have your main character be the man. You know what I mean? Like the guy. Yeah. Because I feel like we get that a lot in pop culture and stuff and like every every main character and like pretty much any Star Wars has been the guy. Um, right. So in a way, I guess it is nice because that does free him up to do a lot. Whereas if he was the leader, he couldn't just go off to help Luke. He couldn't just go off yeah. to help Ahsoka. Like if you, I mean, you could make him do that, I guess. But like, yeah, if you're the leader of a planet, you can't right. just go off on a, on a whim to go help or like, you know, you got to, then you got the whole thing of like, you know, is it the best interest of his people? Is it the best? So you're kind of freeing him up to be like the middleman that has to do the convincing opposed to like, you know, who knows? Maybe she gives him a, a role of like in a, a close advisor because clearly they're close. Like they started yeah. out as kind of adversaries because she was kind of like, you know, still mad about the Darksaber thing and like confused and conflicted. Like, do I have to kill him? I think she was like legit at one point considering am I going to have to fight him and kill him in order to get this thing and make this whole thing happen but then you know that technicality and then she gets it so I think she's very happy about that um, that she doesn't have to go through with all that so yeah you know it, it, it clearly he proved himself as like someone who was just totally happy to take backseat to her whole deal that she's got going on like he's not a threat she's literally he's right. literally just like you know you can take it like technically i'm gonna spin this so that way you technically did it and like yeah he knows how yeah. to manipulate these other mandalorians into hearing their culture kind of like what he did with the uh Ugnots of like okay right. i'll speak your language here for a second uh yeah if you want to go yeah. down that road technically she defeated the person that defeated me right so, right and that was that was cool i'm glad he did that and i think i think you're right though it's sort of like what you expect when we expected when we started off was that this guy was going to walk the way of Mandalore, be an inspiration to all, and unite all Mandalorians. Got the dark saber, and it's like, oh, it does not go that way. But I'm kind of okay with it, um, and it makes more sense because, on the other hand, it's sort of like if, if you're going to bring Bo-Katan and she's still alive and around, which they did once they brought Bo-Katan in, you're like, well, she's the freaking leader. She like mm-hmm. that's going to be kind of weird if he's, you know, if he takes over. And I don't know. It was um, so I'm. I'm yeah, it's it's been good the way that they're doing it, but I just I do wonder what his role is going forward in the big Mandoverse, you know. So, but man, um, great freaking thoughts, Cameron. This freaking <laughs> this is good. I I did not think I'd be getting this this much out of the episode, but I've only seen it once actually. So as I was because I got carried away with Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. There's some um, other stuff going on at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, and I need to go back and rewatch this stuff for for the things like the New Republic connections and the little stuff with the Separatist and the Imperial connection. I'm as you said, I didn't even notice the stormtroopers. I went back and I'm looking at all the droids and all the different things that were like totally Imperial. And who is this guy? You know, he's <laughs> Jack. It's Black almost is like they're dude. they're hiding in plain sight. Of like, no wonder right. they came back. It's like people were just so complacent that they let these things slide. They're trying so hard to destroy everything about the 
about them, but yet they're letting the people that are that embraced them the most just kind of go like take a class or two for a couple of years. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, okay, you got to sleep in these barracks and lie to a droid a couple times and then you're good and you're free and you can go like take over a planet if you want. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like such a flawed system. Like, it seems crazy. I, don't know. I actually, in a follow up episode, I want to talk. I get a couple transmissions. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my, my buddy Andrew who sent me something about general. Oh, I know Andrew. Yeah, like uh, Pride, General Pride. And he was like, Talk, uh, I don't know if it's general or not, but in, in the um, Rise of Skywalker, Pride is one of those guys who steps up and you're like, where's this guy from? Mm-hmm. He's been a part of the First Order, but yet has he seems to know about the Sith Eternals. He's not really First Order. So some of these people who are right in front of us, and Jack Black might be one of them, he, they know about other things going on and they're sleeper agents or something. You know what I mean? They're waiting. It's almost like one of those, like, yeah, like exactly, sleeper agents of like, there's like an underground system. You go take over that quadrant. You yeah. go take over that quadrant. We got to have a presence here. So when Let's it's time, yeah. we can just pop up and then we're good. Yeah. So yep. Maybe there's a lot. I mean, I don't know. Just talking about it. It's like, dang, there's a lot more going on underneath the surface than maybe yeah. you'd initially think. And it's just, it's yeah, because they have to tie those those together. They got to tie the first order to the, to the final order, to the Sith fleet, to this imperial remnant with thrawn it all has to kind of make sense and there has to be some logic as to like you know how do we get to rise of skywalker and then move beyond it like i which mm-hmm. i'm excited about so um but i am almost i have i'm I've, I've drank three different drinks here to keep the voice uh uh lubricated so thanks for hanging in there with me on this i was like i will be darned if i don't get this collaboration in with cameron because i definitely uh you know what what been meaning to for couple weeks now as we said uh let's start the show we did it so we did it man um yeah any any overall last last final thought here just just from you about the mandalorian besides this episode and even just including it in like how do you has it felt slow fast do you feel complete does it feel as exciting what's your overall score feeling on it as because i i think the last two episodes are gonna you know we obviously have to take it as as a whole season once it's all out but just interesting to just dice uh just dissect it here in the moment you know I think this episode, I still give it a seven out of ten. If like ten being the la- a season finale of a uh, season two, where Luke shows up, that's a ten for me. Yeah. As far yeah. as like, at least as far as Mandalorian goes, and like the shows that we've seen so far, that was a ten because that was that was just crazy, you know, um, and unexpected at the time. So it's one of those things. Um, so I'd give it like a seven if if season two season finale was you know, the bar, I guess. Right. Um, overall thoughts of the season as a whole so far. I think it's good. It's entertaining. I would have liked, I, there's a fine line between fan service and just epic things happening. I feel like there haven't been so many epic things happening. So I feel like kind of what Katie Sackhoff said of like, they're waiting, like there's still a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff that's about to happen. Right. I don't want to get my hopes up too bad because then it's going to be like, her definition of epic things might not be what I'm thinking. <laughs> so yeah. I am a little yeah. hesitant to be like, it's all coming. Like we're about to go crazy here. So um, I don't know. I, I like the season. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I do wish that there was, it's so weird to say this, but I wish there was more happening and I wish the episodes were a little longer. I don't like how they're only like barely oh, 45 minutes. Right. But right. then you get into the weird space of like, okay, w- with the extra 15 minutes to make it an hour, is that worth it? Is it good 15 minutes? So it's just one of those things like where, you know, maybe asking for an hour, 
there's only actually a half hour to 45 minutes of good stuff in there and then the rest is filler but so maybe they're saving us from that but at the same time it's just you know we're so used to an hour for this kind of content yeah um, or at least 50 minutes um yeah it's and it seems quick. like every season gets a little bit shorter <laughs> to the point where it's like next season are we just gonna do a half hour so um right. so i don't know I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going i see where they're putting little nuggets i just wish and it contradicts what we just said uh, we got to all these places super fast i wish they would get to where they're going or at least make it more obvious because it seems like where it's heading is just taking back mandalore mm-hmm. but i'm i'm struggling to see what the conflict's gonna be yeah what for- just go set up shop right that's what right. i'm thinking too like something must stop them or i don't know what it would be but right i feel like maybe, the next episode maybe we, just, we see moff gideon come back i don't yeah that's gotta supposedly be. next episode ahsoka is gonna be there so what i'm pretty sure oh i'm pretty gosh. sure i heard that she's rumored to be in the next episode and all uh, that and um wow yeah, so we'll see i don't know but i i mean you know, we know how rumors go with Star Wars. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're just flat out wrong. So I right. guess take that with a grain of salt. We'll see in a couple of days. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how it goes. I just, I, I do just wish that Din had a little bit more of an important role besides just taking care of Grogu, which you could argue is the most important role, I guess, in the mm. long term. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm eager to see where it goes. Yeah, same here. And I, I think you're right. It's It's been, yeah, they've gotten us to a point where I, the whole season I've been kind of like, I didn't expect us to go this quick, but yet we're not really going as quick. And where where is it all headed? It's all been tons of question marks. It feels like we're, I don't know, almost like they're, yeah, just getting us to a, a big jumping point where we got to get Ahsoka and then we've got to, that's going to really move everything in a, a different direction. We've got to, not that they're wrapping up here because they've got a season four coming, but it's like, you've got to get some I don't know. Yeah, momentum going. Yeah, here. yeah. So it just kind of seems like the the side quest episodes are slowing down the momentum. Whereas, like sometimes we'll end it on like a freaking mythosaurus coming out. I know. And then next thing you know, we're getting a a bad boy droid like locking up yeah. in jail. It's like okay, we can go from a mythosaur to that. So it's just it just kind of I think that's really my issue now that I I just said it out loud. The momentum keeps yeah. shifting all over the place of like. One episode's so epic, and then the next episode is a buddy cop yeah, we, film. But yeah. So it's like <laughs> yeah. you got to take them both, I guess. But like when you're like, oh man, she's gonna, we're gonna tame a mythosaur. It's like they're alive, right, right, and right. then you go back to, <laughs> yeah, just like a small like a Mandalorian season one sort of feel. Right. So it's almost like instead of just building straight up, we're going like kind of like a little wave going around yeah. here. And-, and and to be honest with you, so when I first watched Rebels, I felt the way I'm feeling now, sort of like, all right, yeah, we get these moments, tons mm-hmm. of momentum, and then we like really dies off. But the, when I think back on it now, having seen all of it, I'm like, oh, it's freaking awesome. All I can talk about is how awesome it ultimately was. So we get caught up in the moment here going like, all right, we got to, you know, we're, we're feeling like this right now, but we're going to see where that, ends you know where's the that end goes back to what it? i was saying about it feeling kind of like an animated series like yeah. where it's yeah that's what it feels like a lot but right right all right well hey dude thank you so much for popping in here this is this has been freaking awesome i hope to have you back on and next time i'm gonna have my voice and i'm gonna have the energy because i am like 
coming out of it, I was just, uh, there was no way I wasn't going to cover Star Wars Celebration and talk about this though, because I mean, I could have, I could have had no voice and I would have figured out like how to type a podcast oh, yeah. up and just had AI read it for me. Or <laughs> I something. was going to say, use your AI voice and yeah. just have it go. Yeah. Just have it go crazy. So, but, uh, Hey Cameron, where can folks, I got your links down in the description, but where can yeah, people man. find you over there on the internet? Yeah. Um, as, as you said at the top, I'm a local, well, I do more than local, but uh, cinematographer and director. So, you know, I do film stuff and commercial stuff and, you know, corporate and all that. So my handle is um, on Instagram, at least is at Cameron.in.hanson. Um, and that's, yeah, pretty much it. I mean, that's pretty much where I post a lot of my work and stuff like that. A yeah. lot of my links are already on there. So if you want to give me a follow, I'd love yeah. to have you see some of my work. Yeah, if you and yeah, and also, I mean, you do do amazing. I want to mention this on on your behalf. Like your stuff is great. I love watching your work. I got to see it up close a couple of different times. Done some work for us over on Up Talk and Tolkien, a sick little commercial that's actually on your website too, which is www. Cameron. It's just Cameron. It's it's the same thing, Cameron and Hanson, but no dots. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, gotcha. It's perfect. I got that down in the description too, so you guys go check that out. There's my buddy Lane and I are on there, and you made us look better than we are. And it's freaking awesome. So we I gotta update that. I have some more work that I haven't even updated it with yet. That we're waiting for. To, oh, to really? Release. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, cool, man. You do great work. I, I love it. I love getting your perspective too on like the takes and the film and and like it, you know the the set and all that kind of stuff that you you have experience on and you know what that you know looks like or the different types sure. of cuts or what they're doing. I, I sometimes I get lost in the story and I forget like you know. What is it that's really feeling like Star Wars or that's new and different? So it's cool to cool to get yeah, those perspectives. So, um, all right, guys. Hey, uh, thanks everybody so much. Please go follow uh, Cameron, and uh, we'll be back. Lottie and I'll be back with uh, with some more. Once I'm gonna give the voice a, a break here, and then maybe Sunday we'll do another recap on Star Wars Celebration. It's going. You can hear it going. It's. I'm starting to get like a rubber duck right now. I'm starting to squeak. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, again, thanks to everybody, and and as always, friends, may the force be with you. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.